Trouble. Big Trouble. Double Trouble. I got double trouble. I got double trouble. I got double trouble. Twice as much as anybody else, oh yeah. Elvis is on his way. I just can't rest till I make a mile. He's off to mod London and swinging Europe with a wild combination of music and mystery. It's Elvis barreling and belting out that wild Presley beat. This is It Happened One Year. A look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1967. Aloha, listeners. Welcome to the show. We're doing it again. Here we are. Aloha, listeners. That could work. Well, you know, because of the topic of today, which... There's some swinging beach business. Well, I, I feel like Elvis is connected to Hawaii in some ways, even though we're not talking about that at all. Was that no. not a good connection to make? Eh, you know, all of these <laughs> movies, I think, take place on the beach a little bit. Isn't that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. We haven't done yeah. any of the small talk. Oh, I'm sorry. There was no chatty. You just jumped right to Elvis. Well, because that was my opener. It was, no, it was related good. to our topic. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. No, I wasn't wrong. Thank you. I we know. are doing it again. It happened oh, yeah. one year. 1967. 67. Still feels weird coming out of the mouth. Sure does. Right? <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just going to take a little time. It's going to take a little getting used to, and yep. we're still working it out, but uh, I feel good. I feel good about the direction this has gone. Yep. Thus far, strong. What I think was probably one of our better early episodes was, and the listens, I guess, will bear this out, is the episode threesies, where we talked about... Uh, Jim Carrey's three big movies in 1994, and yep. also things that Michael Crichton did and Tim Allen. Tim Allen, yeah. But if we were to roll this back, Ooh. the three Zs of 1967, Ooh, if that's you a will, good connection. the Elvis Presleezies. <laughs> three Zs. Uh, Elvis, uh, now a good decade into his film career, decided to dump three movies into 1967. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, which gave us a lot of uh, uh, things to do, given that we were still, I don't know, half in a pandemic. Um, and so we watched all three of them because, like, we're only going to watch two of them. That's not our style. We watched every single minute of Elvis movies that were put out in 1967. And let me tell you, there were it was it was a lot. It it it's a tough on it's a touch uneven, <laughs> I would <laughs> yeah. say. Um, yeah. But Elvis had a pretty big year in 67. Look, I'm not an Elvis historian. I'm not, you know, I like Elvis music as much as anybody, I suppose, but I'm not a super fan yeah. and I'm not somebody who knows all the ins and outs of Elvis's life and career. Yeah. Uh, like some people you still meet who are like that, even though the man's been dead for 45 years. So, or is he? So, uh, you know, we can only touch on things so, so much, but I do know a little bit about his film career and this is very quickly coming to the end of it. I think it was 68 or 69 was really when he stopped making movies. Oh. And, you know, it was just that he had gotten tied up in contracts to make a lot of movies. And Colonel Tom Parker loved him making movies. There was just so yeah. much money in it that this is this was the thing to do. 
Yeah, I mean, I bet he made a ton of money for these movies. Like, he's the only thing in most of these movies, really. I mean, clearly, these are Elvis movies. They're built around Elvis. They're built around his singing ability. And I imagine the budget was like 90% Elvis, 10% sets. And that's it. Yeah, these are clearly just Elvis vehicles. They're not supposed to even be movies. And like his early, he has some pretty good movies. His early movies in the late 50s and early 60s, there's some like, Decent yeah. movie. I mean, these movies, they're all pretty enjoyable for what they are. They're Elvis musicals, but yeah. his earlier movies, I think there was a little more, I don't know, effort to make them better. So, yeah. you know, movies like Jailhouse Rock or Blue Hawaii or, you know, uh, Fun in Acapulco are, are actually pretty good movies Yeah, where you get into the later 60s and you get the impression that Elvis didn't really want to be doing these movies anymore. And that comes through like they're yeah. these are very lazy movies, but I would still argue they're pretty enjoyable. Yeah, um, I mean, they had elements that I didn't love and some were like so lazy that they were confusing, I think. Sure. But like some like the one the last one we watched was actually quite good. We yeah. really I think we enjoyed that one quite a bit. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into it. So yeah. Elvis put out three movies. Uh, they all had soundtracks of some note. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that all of his movies are fairly short, so they don't tend to all have enough songs for full soundtracks. So some of his movies tend to have these little LP soundtracks that yeah. have varying success. Before we get into this, can we just celebrate the fact that not, none of these movies, I don't think, were over 100 minutes long, and they each had several songs in them. So we're talking yeah. like 60 minutes of plot in these oh, movies, yeah. which I genuinely appreciate and even those 60 minutes are a little padded <laughs> oh yeah because oh, yeah. all of these movies at least feature one song that is completely unnecessary and doesn't yeah. like isn't even part of the plot it feels like something they just threw in at the end because yeah. like we got to get this movie to 90 minutes and in yeah. two two of these movies cases that almost certainly had to be the case I, again i'm not a historian i don't know why or how they constructed most of these movies but there there is a certain level of like we need to get this to 90 minutes, maybe to make double features or something that they had yeah. to do it. And that's really comes through. So uh, the first movie we watched was actually the first one that was filmed of these three. And it, but they, it was released around the same time as the second one. So it's, I'm, I'm finding it a little hard. A lot of these movies had a premiere and then a wide release like six or eight weeks later. So release oh. dates are a little tricky, but yeah. the first movie we watched was a little thing called double trouble, which <laughs> I believe I always thought was, a movie where Elvis played dual roles. Oh, no. <laughs> because the poster is two Elvises, like, playing <laughs> guitar or something. And for some reason, that was in my head. I think there is a movie where Elvis played dual roles. Maybe, yeah. but I don't know what it is. And It it's, is not this movie. And that poster trouble, does not yeah. make any sense. Uh, Double Trouble, I believe Elvis. That is the one where Elvis was just a singer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. would have to be more of those, right? <laughs> like, yeah, he's already he basically cool. playing Elvis. But I, I don't think he has another part in that movie. That's the Listen. one... He's, they're just capering around Europe. Yeah. And ladies are just following him. Yep. And there's a jewel heist sort of involved. There's a lot of yes. pieces to double trouble. A lot, a lot going on. But wasn't he also in the in the wasn't he also in the military? He like was just getting out of it. That's easy come, easy go, isn't it? When he's in I, the Navy? Is he also in the military in double trouble? I oh, maybe I'm confusing. Uh oh, yeah, I think I'm confusing them. Because I'm These movies him, like, hard back blend to together. Because yeah, again, they, they were all together. filmed within like four months of each other. Yeah. And they don't look they they're designed exactly the same. The, yeah, visually, right. they're very much the same movie. And and they like go to like a bar slash like music venue in all of them. Yeah. And and so I think, yeah, I was picturing it. You're right. It's the second movie. Yeah. You're right. So double trouble 
is set all over Europe, if I remember correctly, but in a very unmemorable way because it was all oh, yeah. filmed in Culver City, California. So <laughs> there is nothing European about the look of this movie at all. No. Like, I think there's Not some really. characters who maybe speak with accents. That's about it. Yeah. And it's... Uh, I would say after we watched this one, I was a little concerned about watching two more of these movies because oh, yeah, Double Trouble too. is all over the place. Oh, my God. There's too much plot and there's so many characters. And again, it's like, I, I want to say an even 90 minutes or 91 yeah. minutes long. Yeah. But this is the movie with the most hijinks, right? Like, this is where the most, like, oh, papery stuff happens. There's there is a lot of stuff the end, But there's, there's a lot of, like, th- like joe kind of went through it earlier but like all of these elements of the plot there's like a jewel heist and there's murders and there's you know stalking and there's like and there's ladies and there's it, it it's a lot it's just yeah. a lot yeah i i read a little bit about this one as far as the making of it because weirdly there's like an actual story to it where the other i think the other two movies are basically just we were going to make an elvis movie but apparently double trouble i think the jewel heist part was supposed to be the plot originally and the movie was actually designed as a vehicle for julie christie <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and she was supposed to play the Elvis part. So oh, no. <laughs> at some point they reconfigure it to just be an Elvis movie. So that's why none of the songs are organic in the movie. They're just kind of tossed in. Who was the executive that was like, okay, so we can't get Julie Christie. What about Elvis? <laughs> I mean, Mike, again, I, I think Elvis's deal was such that he had to make so many movies. Oh that maybe God. it was just a script that was laying around and they're like, sure, double trouble. Let's yeah. give it a shot. Can you, I feel like we should summarize the plot. Can you summarize the plot of this movie? Uh, I could try. I mean, again, <laughs> if I remember correctly, the Elvis part of the plot is that he's just going around to, on like a tour sort of, but not in a, oh, yeah. he's playing these little venues and there's these two women who are sort of following him. And the one girl is underage, mm-hmm. as, which they make very clear. And Elvis is basically waiting till she's 18 at the end of the movie. Real which weird. Which is kind of weird. And then there's an older lady who I think you later find out is some sort of spy or something that's following him. But is she yeah. tied up with the jewels or is she tied up with the murder? Because there's a couple other plots going on too. She's a bad guy of some yeah. description. I, don't, I thought it was just the two guys on the boat that were tied up with the jewels. I think that's true. So yeah. the other confusing part is there's an early scene where they're on this boat and there's these two yucksters who have like jewels and they sew them into Elvis's luggage like and then lose track of him. So then they're just following him for the rest of the movie and hijinks ensue. There's just yep. gunfights and nonsense and which nobody takes very seriously because it's an Elvis movie. Yeah. In the middle of that though, there is this other woman and then there's like that other trench coat guy yeah <laughs> who i think turns out to be like with scotland yard or something like still not totally clear what his part of the plot was but at the end he seems to be a good guy even though he like, does nefarious things through the course of the plot he, like, he follows i, 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 I don't want it to sound and... like we weren't prepared we watched this movie a week ago and for some reason yeah. double trouble is real hard to keep in the head because it's so confusing as you're watching it because it's also broken up with like eight musical numbers of just Elvis singing like long-legged girl with a short dress on that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. So that's confusing. And then, he, but I think the young girl that he's like actually interested in. Yep. She is also sort of associated with Michael Murphy, the actor Michael Murphy, who turns up on the boat. And he seems at first just to be like a, I don't know, like a, an American tourist or something who's like yep, chatty yep. with her. But uh-huh. then he like tries to rape her or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he has nothing to do with any of the other plots. He's just that. So. Yeah. And then him and Elvis have a great fight uh, next to a well. 
that is the is Michael Murphy's end. Yeah. Um, not to spoil double trouble for you, but it's crazy. Like you've had a long time to watch it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on, 55 years. But so Michael, this was Michael Murphy's first movie. Uh, Michael Murphy, who's gone on to have a good film career. I love Michael yeah. Murphy. He's in all these Robert Altman movies and he was in Batman Returns and he was Tanner on the TV show Tanner. So like he's had a great career. But in this movie, he is just smarmy guy who gets his ass kicked by Elvis and then yep. gets like thrown down a well and yep. dies. <laughs> Yeah. And literally no character cares that this happens. No one cares. It's never mentioned again. No, because the cops do sort of chase Elvis down at one point because he does yeah. get arrested. But it's not for anything related to Michael Murphy, right? No, I think it's for kidnapping the girl. <laughs> right. Because like her father or someone has put the yeah. cops on the trail of this, yeah. even though it's just that she's following Elvis, not that he kidnapped her. And this is why, like, it's not that we're not prepared. It's it's a very difficult movie to describe or follow. Uh, because, again, it's, it's very... 90 minutes long, and uh, at least 25 minutes of those are songs. So there's not a lot of plot. Like, there's not a lot yeah. of time for the plot. And there's a ton of stuff that happens and yeah. happens all very quickly. It, it's, it feels like a writer's room, like, started... Uh, like postcarding ideas on a board. You know how you see that in writer's room sometimes or just all these ideas for different part episodes or whatever. And at the end of their session, they just had like five or six left over and they just lined them up and that, and made that movie. And that's what double trouble is. Yeah. I'd be curious. I know jewelry. I know mobsters. I know a guy down a well. Yeah. Like, Like, I think they just needed a scene where Elvis fought somebody. He'd also, I believe fights at the end. Yeah. He has another fisticuffs with somebody, but I mean, it was just that you needed Elvis kicking some ass because Elvis was like a karate guy. So Elvis was going to kick ass in movies. That was by is that true? Is that, it, it's because he knew karate. Oh, yeah. <gasps> I did not know that. Oh, well, I mean, if you if you remember back to Graceland, there's a lot of Elvis uh, like in in, you know, in fighting garb, like photos and things. Elvis was like a black belt. Elvis was like a badass in a lot of ways. But that's amazing. Oh, yeah. So that's why they throw these in. All of these movies feature at least a little bit of fighting. Yeah. Considering they're light musicals, it's a little weird. Um, but Double Trouble probably has the most, it has the most fighting on land. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. It's weird, but yes, that's yes, true. I would say yeah. two men standing on their feet, punching each other. This is the top movie yeah. of the group for that. Was this the old McDonald movie? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I would say the craziest sequence by far is so him and his like child girlfriend hop on the back of a pickup truck or something to get from one place to the other. And to fill time, there is like a five-minute version of Old McDonald. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm he had some chicks, E-I-E-I-O. With a cluck cluck here, a cluck cluck there. Yeah, because well, it's, it's the back of a truck that's carrying like chickens in cages. Yeah. And so they just start singing Old MacDonald, but not like like a, an Elvisy Old MacDonald. Yeah. Forever. And Joe and I were dying because we were like, why? Why is this happening? This is so strange. And it just goes on and on. And it's oh my God. nuts. And this is the clearly the song that was just slapped into this movie for yeah. no good reason because yeah. it's nonsense. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But. You know, but it's funny. And I like, I think coming out of Double Trouble, while I was concerned about watching more of them, mostly for you, because I know you're not as into terrible movies as I am, I thought it could only get worse because I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. But I enjoy, I actually thought it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of the movie is when Elvis gets arrested and they're in this weird little one room police station. And he's not like yep. in a cell, like he's like just out talking. And yeah. for some reason, a poker game breaks out. Yep. With like him and the sheriff. Yeah. They're just playing and, poker. Yeah. And like there's there's also like those three like 
shticky policemen who are like are yes. all clearly foreigners and they're doing bits, but yeah. it's all like weird like French vaudeville or something. <laughs> like it doesn't mean anything. Very confusing. Yes. But my favorite part of this scene is Elvis needs to break out of this scenario. So they're playing poker. I think he takes a phone call or something. And he's like, I got to get out of here. So he like flips over the poker table and then jumps out the window. Oh, it's so great. Like he it's jumps so through the window. Through it's the like window. glass breaking and just oh, mayhem. Fantastic. And it's fantastic. nuts. Double trouble. Uh, I, I think double trouble was actually my least favorite, but it's because the plot was so confusing and weird and like yeah. things would happen and you wouldn't understand why someone was doing something I, I don't like that in movies i want to know why what, what are you doing and why are you doing it i feel like that's an important thing to know i want to know whose butt it is and why it's farting welcome to costco i love you perfect thank you uh i would agree i think double trouble was also of these three movies was my least favorite of these movies but i did enjoy this movie and enjoyed the other two as well yeah so joe and i discussed prior to this episode but did not decide so i'm gonna make the call now how many gyrating hips would you give this movie? Ooh, on a, out of out of how many? Uh, one to five gyrating hips. Ooh, uh, maybe like two gyrating hips and maybe like one sideburn. Mm, okay, yeah. yeah, I I actually agree. It feels like a little bit more than two gyrating hips. I might throw in uh, a pair of uh, purple sunglasses. Nice, yeah. TCB. TCB. Step right up. Elvis learning all about the barefoot long hairs at a freak out that's out of sight. What's going on? Some kind of new group therapy? <laughs> what are you protesting? Well, if you don't know, I'm certainly not going to tell you. Elvis underneath the orders taking the wetsuit route to locate and deactivate wild magnetic mines on the loose. And finding sunken treasure at the bottom of the sea, where the action is. So I would say, for all of the faults with Double Trouble, yeah. one thing that it's not necessarily is an overly sexist movie. <laughs> would you agree? <laughs> I I mean, there's a little bit in every Elvis movie where because right. the women are just kind of like there to be pretty and like the way that they talk about women is not great but no i mean double trouble not particularly sexist other than the like statutory rape component of it right right i idea. mean it's it's inappropriate to be sure but it's not like overly sexist now oh, yeah on the other hand the second movie that came out i believe a little before double trouble but they both came out very close together easy come easy go the release date i have is march 22nd 1967. Um, Deep, deeply offensive. Can you explain the plot of Easy Come, Easy Go? Oh, we I watched this movie yesterday. This. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, I was very tired when we watched it. But true. Um, just basically what the what the plot yeah. of the movie is. So Not Elvis the whole is in, movie. He's in the Navy. He comes back from the Navy. And basically he gets some, you can fill in the blanks that I'm going to miss here, but he gets some info that there might be treasure in a in a sunken boat. Oh, because he was trying to defuse an under ocean mine, which I guess is a thing. That was his Navy job. Finds like a little bit of treasure, thinks there might be more treasure, has to talk to a girl about the fact that there's treasure because it's her like grandfather's sunken boat or something. And then uh, is in competition to try and get the treasure with another dude who also knows that there's treasure. That's basically right, right? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. For whatever reason, that guy, Gil, because it's a movie set in the water. So Gil and his like <laughs> girlfriend see Elvis 
going to defuse this bomb. And for whatever reason, she convinces Gil, go down and take a picture of him while he's doing this, which I don't know why, but that's what happens. Yeah. And so Gil then is in the water and sees when Elvis finds this boat, which is right nearby. Yeah. Basically, that's the plot. Like, that's basically it is this fun treasure hunt thing. That seems like it could be like a reasonable movie, except Elvis comes back from the Navy. The first thing he does is go to like a bar slash music venue that his friend owns or whatever. And they're immediately spinning a wheel that just has pictures of ladies with their phone numbers and their measurements on it and singing a song yeah. about the fact that they're spinning a wheel. And I turned to Joe and I said, I hate this movie. Yeah. If if that, if that sequence had just been like, this is a brothel or something and they spin this wheel, you'd be like, eh, all right. But it goes on and on through the musical number as this wheel is referred to as the love machine, which is the name of the song that they sing. Yes. Yes. And it's pretty gross. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's so gross. It's strange that this is a th- him and his like Navy buddies are there and they're doing this. But they also then like talk about it in the next scene about how like they called these girls and like whether they scored or not, which again, like it's a, this is a genteel Elvis film, but this was just acceptable as just kind of a thing. Ugh. And so that was kind of gross. But the plot for what it is moves along at least it makes sense in ways that double trouble doesn't make sense like oh yeah it is one thing after another happens it drags i mean it's dull because they keep going down to like retrieve the chest of you know of of loot from the boat and getting interrupted so it takes the whole movie for them to actually make this work oh it's such a boring it was so boring i i I didn't know if it was because i was tired or if it was just like it was a boring movie yeah but also like most of the fighting happens underwater and underwater fighting is like the dumbest thing it's all slow motion and you're like swinging and you miss and then you swim after a guy and then you come out of the water but there were all these times too when like I think the first time when the guy took the picture of Elvis, Elvis like starts to swim after him. And we're like, what are you going to do? You're going to catch him? Like, (laughs) and then what? And so the guy like comes out of the water first and Elvis is just also in the water. But the guy got there first because he was ahead of him. And how fast can you really swim? Like they're wearing scuba gear. Like, I, yeah, it was so, yeah, no. Underwater hijinks is not as exciting as maybe they thought it was going to be. No, I mean, around this same time, the James Bond movie Thunderball came out and there's a ton of underwater fighting in Thunderball, but they're like with harpoons and guns that apparently fire underwater like that's and so like that's something. But having fist fights underwater just doesn't work. And that's what this movie was. No one's going to shoot Elvis in, you know, in easy come, easy go. That's not the thing swinging tools at each other and missing it was meaningless yeah totally and so so that all drags and isn't great yeah and then if you think about the random songs the random song in this movie is when he goes to the yoga class you tell me just how i can take this yoga serious when all it ever gives to me is a pain in my posterior's Again, nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No, no mention so the, of yoga. Anymore. The girl that Elvis gets caught up with in this movie. There's also there's also like a girl who's obviously like the good girl, and then there's also a bad girl character, which is pretty common in all of these movies too. Yeah. Also but gross. in this one, the good girl character like works there, or she owns this weird commune for for yoga for yoga yeah. hippies who also yeah. per- do these weird performance art things in the back room oh, yeah. where they're dumping yeah. piles of spaghetti on each other. It's it's a very 60s movie, yeah. but but with Elvis, who's a very straight-laced army man character, and, and in real life, I suppose, is also sort of that way. Yeah. But 
that's why they end up at this weird yoga studio, which has this extended song, which I believe was called Yoga Is As Yoga Does. And Elsa <laughs> Lancaster is in this movie, oh, who right. was a big movie. I mean, she was the bride of Frankenstein. She was a big movie star. She was nominated for Oscars. And she plays the yoga instructor. Now, while she's older, I mean, this is, again, she, she was the bride of Frankenstein in 1932 or something. So, like, this is well down the road. But what she's even doing in this movie, I don't know, because she's in it for five minutes yeah for this ridiculous musical number that they don't need where elvis is like singing about getting twisted into a pretzel and it's 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 kind of amusing i guess but it doesn't have anything to do with the movie but it is clearly the extraneous song in this movie and yes. i thought up until this point would be the most ridiculous like old mcdonald's ridiculous but it's not anything more than them just sitting on a truck singing yeah it's not like a whole sequence like the yoga yeah. song is where they're all like you know it's a big choreographed thing yeah, and I thought this would be the most ridiculous song from these three movies, and I was totally wrong. Hold. But easy come, easy go. I think Gil functions as a fairly decent villain for oh, yeah. what it is. Like yeah. the movie He's resolves fine. itself in a stupid way. It doesn't matter. Like you know, but I, I think that getting there is okay. You know, there's a lot of decent actors in this movie. Pat Harrington's yeah. in this movie, who was uh, later on. He was Schneider on One Day at a Time. Like he was a real actor. Really? Yeah, he's like one of his buddies. I did not recognize him. Yeah. Uh, Pat Priest is in this movie who was on the Munsters. So like there were people in this movie. Who was he on the Munsters? Pat Priest is the daughter. Marilyn. Oh. The one who looks normal. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. was like the bad girl character. She was the villain oh. girl. She was Gil's girlfriend. I not realize that. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Pat Harrington, this is well before One Day at a Time. So he didn't have the mustache or anything. So that's yeah. why he probably wouldn't know it would be that recognizable. But. No, I didn't. And I don't think we talked about either of those things. That is those both. Those are both news to me. I was just trying to keep you awake. Like, <laughs> I was just trying to keep you like, let's just keep. I didn't want to pummel you with information as we're watching. <laughs> it's fair. No, I struggled with this movie, even though I think I like Double Trouble least. This yeah. movie was just boring. Like, it yeah. wasn't bad. It was just boring. Yeah. It's a little, it's slow. It's a slow yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. Double Trouble, even though it doesn't make sense, it rips along. Like there's a lot yeah. of action and punching and, you yep. know, Easy Come, Easy Go isn't really that. He's trying to like, there's so much of the movie that's tied up with getting the scuba gear. Yeah. <laughs> like, they so have to much. keep renting it and then it gets stolen and then they have to steal it back. Yeah. And it's dumb. Like it's boring. It's like that's so not, a, that's not a fun plot, you know? No, no. But I think it was it really was like trying to get to that ending. They couldn't find the treasure earlier. They have to get it at the end <laughs> yeah. and they introduce yeah. it at the beginning. So like it's the whole movie, you know, yeah. like, it's just getting it the tough. treasure. And then it, there's like Elvis being tricksy with the girl like, oh, she doesn't know I'm hunting for treasure. And then she does. And, uh, yeah. But she's mad, but she's OK. Like, it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens off screen. <laughs> like she yeah. she is not cool with them going to get this sunken treasure at all. Yeah. And then Elvis's buddy is like, I'll talk to her. So in the next scene, she's totally on board and they yeah, never totally show fine. that conversation. No. It's just okay. Yeah. Well, forget it. Then. A, I think that's a common thing in, in, in these movies. Like if there's something that's difficult to resolve, they'll just be like, eh, we'll resolve it. And then they resolve it off screen and they're like, it's resolved. It's yeah. fine. We don't need don't to waste any it. time. This isn't what anybody's here for. They're here to see yeah. uh, Elvis, uh, you know, sing a song and probably punch yeah. a guy. And he punches Gil underwater a bunch of times. Yep, sure does. So, does he do any on land fighting? In I think movie? they fight in that studio, right? Because they or do they keep just locking each other in this? I think they fight a little bit in that studio. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but not. I mean, not a lot. Like because then also Gil and his girlfriend kidnap the guy with the scuba gear at one point. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and then he has to bust out or whatever. Oh, they fight on the boat. That's the fight. 
They have that terrible, yeah. they're just rolling around on, That's on like, right. like the bench That's fighting. Right. Like it's not like stand up fighting. Yeah. So um, Elvis shoves his head into the wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's deal. weird. It's a weird one, but yeah. uh, all right. So uh, we've already established the scale. Easy come, easy yep. go. Where would you, how many, what is it we're doing? Hip gyrations? Hip gyrations with yeah. with additions as necessary. Sure, yeah. So, okay, I gave the last movie two hip gyrations, a sideburn, and some sunglasses. Yeah. I would probably give this movie also two hip gyrations, but throw in a rhinestone jumpsuit and a peanut butter and banana sandwich. So, Ooh. like, a, a bit more robust. Than a little bit one. more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as three hip gyrations. That's yeah. too much for easy come, easy go. Yeah. Um, But... I would say, you know, two, um, maybe you you throw in some blue suede shoes. Ooh, nice. All apologies to Carl Perkins. And then, you know, maybe that great big gun that Elvis had. <laughs> so did you rate it higher than I did? I think you did. Uh, I mean, that that great big gun is worth some. Yeah, right. Yeah. Again, going having been to Graceland, which is a tourist trap nightmare, but oh, yeah. it's fun. Also I, anybody who says that's not fun is ridiculous. That's yeah, a fun agreed. place. Agree. There is so much just bizarre stuff. I mean, the the Graceland Museum, I don't think is anything all that special. No. Like it's really big, but it's mostly just costumes and a weird yeah. warehouse that shows movies and you know a a, a a gift shop. But and you know can see his planes and cars and things. But you go to the house. The house is cool. The house is so cool. Yeah. Uh, and so like there's like that. What isn't like the couch like twenty feet long? And yeah, you yeah. Know, all, and all of his white guns. leather couch. Yeah. Yeah. So many guns. Yeah. The yeah. jungle room. Yeah. The jungle room. Right. Oh. So, so that's all very fun. And this is where I believe I saw Elvis's giant guns. So that's what I would, that's where I would, I would position easy come easy go. Yeah. I would agree. I think you rated it a little higher than I did, but that feels right. Very close. You just said the magic word. Bambi? Yeah. Hey, it's Elvis cooking up a storm of entertainment. In Clam Bake. Elvis throws the wildest beach party since they invented the bikini and the beat. So, I would say, of the movies from 67, I don't know that Double Trouble or Easy Come, Easy Go is that well known a movie mm -hmm. outside of Elvis fans. I don't think either of those are like famous Elvis movies. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, like Elvis, again, made a lot of movies in a very short period of time. So yep. a lot of his movies are just going to get swept under the rug. Weirdly, the one that does get talked about a lot is Clambake, because I think Clambake was such a box office disaster and it comes almost right at the end of Elvis's acting career. Yeah. That I think a lot of people credit it with like, this is what really got him out of making movies and back to doing music again. Even yep. though I don't know that the rest of Elvis's career is really anything all that special. Live, as a live performer, I suppose it is, but he wasn't yeah. putting out hits. His music is very dated by the time you get to 1968, you know? Yeah. But Clambake was the third of these movies, which came out uh, in December. The, I think the premiere is in October, but I've got December 4th as the wide release. Mm -hmm. And we watched Clambake today. And I don't understand this being significantly below the other two movies. No, in in all Bake, respects, critically and box office, this is the lowest like rated version of of, of Elvis in 67. Uh, Clambake was awesome. 
Clinic was by far the best of the of these movies. I really enjoyed it. It's the most enjoyable movie oh my for God. sure. And it's so I so don't understand fun. how anybody would watch Double Trouble and then watch Clambake and be like, oh, Clambake sucks. Like, I oh. don't get that. No, no. Clambake was fantastic. It comparatively was, speaking. <laughs> comparatively speaking. But I, I still I feel like I really enjoyed Clambake. It was some laughing with it, some laughing at it. But either way, very enjoyable. Like. I don't know. It was it moved but it moved more than the other movies. It made more sense than the other movies. It yeah. seemed like I mean the starting premise didn't make any sense at all. But and I I was mad at it in the first t- 15 minutes. But once you like suspended disbelief about the plot, then you could really get behind it, I think. Yeah, so let's let's get into it real quick just cuz yeah. the plot is it's strange to start. Yes. It doesn't it's a it's an idea for a movie but not a well-executed idea. (laughs) And then the rest of the movie goes from that point. So if you don't buy the beginning, I guess you could then be like, this movie just is awful. But you just have to, I I didn't find it like so offensive. But anyway, so Elvis is this rich oil baron's son. Yep. And he pulls in, he's, he's left home or his job with the oil company, pulls into a gas station and meets this guy who is just riding a motorcycle. And... This is just a regular dude, not a rich guy, just a regular guy. Yep. And they somehow concoct a scheme where they're going to switch their identities to go to this hotel in Florida. Yep. But they don't really talk about it. There's a song, but yes. they don't really like break it down. Like, let's do this and blah, blah, blah. It's just sort of like, this is what we're going to do. And so by the time they get to the hotel, they have now switched clothes and, and vehicles and identities. Yes. And that is a pretty crazy way to start a movie it is. with no, pl- it's like strangers on a train. If you just never saw them on the train and all of a sudden they're trying to kill each other's families, it, it doesn't, it's weird. And then the movie goes from that point. Yeah. Joe and I were a little bit like, wait, what just happened? Cause they like, they talk at the gas station. And they're like, Oh, I would like your life. I would like your life. And like, Oh, we should hang out sometime. And then they're singing a song about how they kind of about how they want each other's lives. And then they arrive at the hotel and they are the other person. It doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. You're like, what, how, but how did they, do they exchange money? Do they, did they change their IDs? Like what, how it's so confusing. Yeah, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like, it's almost yeah. like it just happens. Like, you know, and that's where the movie starts from. And so yeah. I guess I can see that. Like, if you if you can't buy into that conceit at all right from the beginning, then I guess you would just write off the rest of the movie. Because, again, it's an Elvis movie. There's not, there's nothing high-end happening from that point on. But, yeah. but I do feel that, like, it creates just enough tension that the rest of the movie still works. Where, yeah. comparatively speaking, easy come, easy go... There is no tension that he finds the treasure at the beginning and it's just when are we going to get the treasure? There's not a question whether it's going to happen or anything. Right. In this movie, they were lying to everyone through the whole movie. Yeah. And then, you know, they have to unravel that by the end of the movie. And I think that does. And then like, there's other stuff going on. But I think that that creates just enough interesting tension that it, the movie moves along. I do think what's interesting about this, though, is I don't actually think there's much tension about it until the end. Like, there's never there's never an even illusion that they're going to get found out like they are just the other people until the very end when when people that they know show up at the hotel who can identify the issue. So it's like there, I, I didn't, actually didn't think there's a lot of tension about that. And then once like his dad shows up, then they're just found out. Like, well, I mean, it does have it has sitcom tension. I wouldn't say this is great literary tension, yeah. but he is 
kind of interested in this girl who Shelley Favaris plays. And yeah. so, you know, sooner or later, he has to tell her the truth. And that's, I think, that's always true. that interesting when you're in a relationship, in a relationship story in a movie or a TV show where someone is just straight lying to the other person, you know, they have to tell them. Otherwise, yeah. the relationship will fail. That's it's very standard. This is a very simple yeah. plot device, but it at least exists to create something because otherwise she's also kind of a self-proclaimed gold digger in a lot of ways. She's just yep. there to meet some rich guys. She's not anybody. And yeah. so she kind of latches on to Bill Bixby, who's like the smarmy 80s type villain, who's just yep. a rich guy with like a, a, a sort of blondish head of hair. Yep. And she latches on to him. But clearly her and Elvis have this thing going because he is weirdly a water ski instructor while he's at this hotel. And they, you know, they sort of bond over that. So that's more what I mean is just that like, you yeah. know, that has to resolve itself. So that becomes this running little thread yeah. through the movie around all the water ski stuff. And we're going to enter a boat race and all the rest of it. Oh yeah. There, there's a lot of, I mean, it, it is a little bit again of a like writer's room note card plot situation going on. But yeah. the, the only thing that I would say is that there isn't as much tension as there could be because she wants a rich guy. And so once he tells her the truth, she's going to be like, yeah, I'm into that. And that's basically what happens. But he like his whole idea is I want to find someone who loves me for me and not for my money. And and he does. Although, like, you you know that he's interested in her. She expresses very little interest in him through the movie. Until the end when she agrees to marry him. It's very but, but that happens before she finds out that he's rich. It does. So I think that it's it a nice it still works it as a nice ending. Yes. Once they have to switch back because the greatest character in the film shows up. Up until this point, like Elvis is fine. His buddy that he switches with is uh Will Hutchins, who had a nice TV career around this time. He was in Sugarfoot, but he didn't I don't think he had a big career. He did another Elvis movie too, but so I guess they might have had a, a thing. But he's fine. Shelly Fabris yeah. is fine, Bill Bixby's yeah. fine. Yep. When Elvis's character's dad shows up, oh. uh, I would say this is when the movie really hits its stride. <laughs> like yes. He's yes. in the movie before this. Like he's the, there's phone calls and he's just yes. this dude with a mustache who talks crazy, who has this like crazy southern accent. You can't understand half of what he says. Oh, it's so great. He's got this handlebar mustache that is like really it's got the curls at the end, like the whole shebang. And yeah, he like talks and it just sounds like like syllables strung together. Yeah. It's wild. He's and and then Elvis acts like he understands yeah. him. <laughs> You're damn said. right, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but his uh, this character is played by James Gregory, who I knew I recognized, but couldn't remember from what. And it's because he's on like 70 episodes of Barney Miller, which <laughs> I, I recently watch a ton of Barney Miller. But he so he played like the, the old captain or something on Barney Miller. He's an old man by the time they make that show. Um, but he, like his scenes are crazy. He just garbles and whatever. But oh. at the end, the climax of the movie is this boat race, which kind of is just jammed in for something to do. Like Elvis yeah. has to fix up this boat that he gets from some guy. Oh, but wait, can we just say like his dad owns this company that Elvis was like, I don't deserve to be a vice president of this company just because I'm your son. Like that was the whole premise of the start of the movie. And they had made this, <laughs> this product that was called like geooxyophylline petroleum something something it had some scientific sounding name but of course what that shortens to is goop yeah 
And then Elvis, like the company abandoned it, but Elvis and his his friend that he traded places with, neither of whom have ever mentioned that they were scientists, <laughs> perfected goop because originally it had like it would dissolve in water, but they perfected it so it didn't so yep. that he could put it on the boat so that he could race in the boat race because the, the boat that he had raced in the last boat race and exploded yep. because it couldn't take the water like speed or whatever. Amazing plot, just amazing yeah. plot. And the songs in this movie, I mean, some of them are like old songs. Like there's, they do You Don't Know Me, which was an old song that was covered, you know, Ray Charles did it and everybody did it. That's in this movie. But there are some songs that are clearly just the plot of this movie, which this is the only real musical in that respect of, of any of these movies. <clears throat> And there's a song just called Goop. Oh, and there's just a song about the Goop. It's so great. And he like says, Geo-Oxy-Fosnus-Mendelina. It's called Goop. It's amazing. It's amazing. During a wonderful sequence where his buddy has like wrangled up six girls in bikinis to come help him make this boat when none of them do anything. He's like, we're going to make an assembly line. And then they just throw things at each other for like yes. five minutes. Like, yes. They like rub what you think is goop on the on the boat and then they like lay on it which yeah. you shouldn't do if you just rub the goop on it's got a set i'm sure and then at the end of the song elvis lines the ladies up in the line and kisses all of them even though he just sang a song about being in love with uh the other girl yeah shelly fabris yeah it was not it's, there uh yeah again it's a pretty sexist movie in a lot of ways oh yeah uh yeah. you know probably not quite to the level of easy come easy go but it's it's not you know there's a lot of butts and there's a lot of just yeah. gyrations. Um, yeah. Oh, but my point was during the finale with the race, yes. the the race is nothing. It's just stock footage of a race or something. It's stunt yes. doubles racing. And then they're him and Bill Bixby are battling on green screens. Like it doesn't matter, but they keep cutting to the crowd. And it's like his buddy who's wearing Elvis's clothes and he's rich. And he just keeps yelling like, go Tom. Yeah, you're doing great Tom. Blah, blah, blah. And then they also cut to his dad who is doing this great cigar acting. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> he's watching it and he's doing these weird faces and kind of rolling the cigar in his mouth between his face. It's insane. And I'm looking keep, intense. And he's intense. Like he's watching this race. Very intense. And it is, it's awesome. Once you notice it's happening, I couldn't not wait for it to come back. It was so yeah. wonderful for these couple minutes thing. of this boring race. Yeah. Basically. yeah. So, so Elvis wins the race yeah. and is is glad that he wins it. Like it's great, but the girl that he's a Shelley Febres Febres. Yeah, honestly, always thought her name was pronounced Febre, like it was French. Oh, I always thought her name was Fabris. <laughs> Who knows? I, I think that's how you pronounce. It. I don't actually, you know. Yeah. Um, she anyway, was on Coach, right? She was on Coach. She was yeah. on Coach for yeah. years. Yeah. Anyway, so like she's going to get engaged. This other guy decides not to after he wins the race. He goes to the beach and he sings a song about her by himself on the beach, which is always weird in a musical. But then she starts to appear from the forest behind him, listening to him sing. So so it was hilarious to me because I'm like, is, does she hear him singing? Like, should she be understanding what he's saying? And is she just coming across this guy that she knows who's just singing in a forest by himself? Like, is that normal? Does she think he's talking? Like, what is the logic here? It didn't make any sense, but she just like came up and started talking to him as if she had heard him singing. And that seemed like a totally regular thing to do. Pretty weird. It was pretty oh, weird. so weird. Yeah. This is how information was conveyed to, from different characters in this, yes. uh, in this sequence. But this also glosses over a lot of crazy stuff. This movie's color scheme is insane. It's wild. Insane. Like oh. it is again, this it's a very 60s looking movie. All these movies have that thing. Even though Elvis I I never think of Elvis as being a real 60s figure. He's more of a yep. 50s figure to me. And then 
kind of later but like this stretch where it's like hippies and colors and it's you know it's like bright and wild and you know mini skirts and like those weird dresses with no sleeves and it's just you know that's yeah. what these movies are and so there's a bunch of scenes that are in this lounge that we we it's sort of like a middle eastern or a North African or an Indian lounge where there's just like purple curtains and they're wearing these crazy coats with all these colors and all this stuff. What are the hats called that they were wearing? It's like, like a fez. Fez. But they're yes. like not just the red fez. They're all different colors. Like, yeah. And it's just wild. And there's a lot of scenes that take place there. And like, I mean, any group scene in this movie has these this color scheme. But yeah. it really is like a wild like assault of a visual you know wonder in this movie including um the way that they show the passage of time where he's building the <laughs> boat there's a mannequin that's wearing what appears to be gill's wetsuit from easy come easy go this yep. bright orange wetsuit um and then they just keep adding clothes to it and then sometimes they come back off and i don't know if it was just lazy like continuity or if this was on purpose yeah. but it's it's not in the foreground of anything it's just in a corner and i only noticed yeah. it because again it's this bright orange suit well so the suit changed part way through the through the movie and then i did notice that when they and i think i said this when we were or we said this when we were watching it when they filmed the scene after elvis won the boat race the boat was just back in the place garage or wherever they were working on it and it was back to the original wetsuit and so what joan i said was they filmed this very earlier in the movie. yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i mean Probably just continuity, right? Yeah. Because like, yeah, I don't think it right. mattered. Like, they were just adding vests and, like, goggles and stuff to it. And then at the yeah. end, there's not. So I don't know what that was. But we can't get out of Clambake without talking about confidence. <laughs> the craziest musical number oh. maybe I've ever seen in, like, a straightforward movie. Like, it's so strange and so, like, way too much. It's so yes. wild. Okay. So can we set the context for it? So the movie's going, the movie's going. Elvis is with, I don't even remember who he's with. Is it the guy who he switched identities with? I yeah, think he's with Will Hutchins. He's, so he's with that guy and they're walking. This is up to this point has been a hotel with adults. Like there's nothing. Yeah. They come across a playground, which you're like, why are these children here? And Elvis like walks onto the playground and there's a girl at the top of the slide. What's my little girl? They think I'm afraid to slide down. Why don't you show them how wrong they are? Because I am afraid. Come on, try it. No. I'll stand right here and catch you. I can't. You'd be surprised what you can do if you only try. There, there aren't parents. There aren't children in the movie. There's no reference to a school. There's no like indication before this moment that there would be a playground anywhere nearby. And all of a sudden, Elvis and his friend are on a playground singing songs about confidence with the children. It's very strange. Yeah. And like it's some of them singing and then it's just other stuff happening. Like it's just like, yes, I, I want to say there parts of the tune are to the are like uh, uh, London Bridge or something like there's oh, yeah. little like snippets of other songs and then yep. just sort of doing these weird dances around the different like apparatuses and and it's just bizarre like it's this and again this is the added song that makes no sense in the movie but this one is way crazier than the other ones and it goes on what feels like forever yeah. like it yeah. does feel like it like 
why why yeah. why it, and it relates to nothing like it's no. so deeply like at least old mcdonald they were going somewhere right yeah. uh, but like this is it so deeply relates to absolutely nothing in the movie yeah at least in the yoga song he was meeting the girl there like yeah. and so all that happens is like shelly fabris and her fancy money date like they walk by and they see them but they don't really interact with them that i recall like, I they're just like, so. oh, like oh hey they're singing this song with these kids and he's good with kids but they never talk about it. it's not like kids is something that like brought them together and wanting to have kids like that's yeah. not a conversation they ever have like if for some reason at the end of the movie he won the boat race because of the girl who wouldn't slide down the slide that's something it's dumb yeah. but it's something yeah but instead this is just this crazy thing that just happens and the song and and the confidence song is terrible. I think oh, we can so bad. agree. Just like I mean, all of these move, all of these songs are not exactly the greatest Elvis songs. They're all okay. Clambake's a pretty fun song. Mm-hmm. Double Trouble's a pretty fun song. Yeah, but confidence is actually a strangely written kind of bad song. Yeah, and they yeah, spell yeah. confidence twice, or two or three times in the song. Yeah, like. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't get it. And it's just, it's, it's weird and, but wonderful, but weird. It's so weird. And what you might realize is if your spell confidence is a pretty long word. So like you might think it might just be letters, but it's a C and an O and an N and an F and an I and a D. And then they're they're And then they got tired and like end and ends. Like (laughs) they just stop at some point and it doesn't make any sense when they stop, but they just do. And they're like, and the rest of the word. Yeah. Yeah, so it's random. odd. I mean, I think any song where you're really spelling a lot of stuff is hard. Like, yeah. what's that one song that uh, uh, Life Goes On where they spell it, but they spell it quick? L-I-F-E-G-O-E-S-O-N. Yeah. I remember Buddy, my friend Buddy had that song with his band and it was just called Suck My Dick and they spell it. And it's just really funny. Like, it just works. S-U-C-K-M-Y-D-I-C-K, Suck My Dick. It was a funny song. That's a shout out to Buddy's old band. <laughs> the moths of instruction that was what they were called oh, yeah. oh that's a good that's a good name um but, but, yeah, but yeah no i it's a it's it's a bad idea <laughs> yeah because like you can spell it fast like i feel like that works like that life goes on so like, like it sort yeah. of has a rhythm to it but this is you're like oh my god are they gonna spell this whole freaking song like yeah. jesus and they sure do yeah uh but all that being said Clambake, a way more fun movie than but either of the other movies if i like i wouldn't force anyone to watch easy come easy go again yeah. it's a boring movie double trouble's crazy so like i think while i think that's probably a worse the worst movie and my least favorite of these movies it would almost be like to show people like look at this like double yeah. trouble wild you know but the only one of these movies i would ever watch again would probably be clam big oh totally agree and i even think like double trouble is like it's a little bit hard to follow. It's a little unusual, but Clambake is wild. Like yeah. Clambake is wild in an entertaining way. I don't like movies that are bad just for the sake of their bad. Joe gets, Joe finds that fun and Love I it. typically don't, yeah. but Clambake is just so crazy in, an, in a hilarious way that I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoyed watching these three movies. Like I didn't, I didn't have that kind of a problem. Yeah. It's, it's a little hard. I think, for me, because again, I, I know what you're going to like or what you're going to have tolerance for. Yeah. And so again, after Double Trouble, I was concerned, but Clambic really paid off. I really felt oh, like that totally. was that was good. Where do you? Where, where are we with the rating on Clambic then? Yeah. All right. We've already so established the other two are both sub three gyration movies. Sub sub three gyration. But I, I want you to go first on this one. Okay. So I would say Clambic. 
again, as a movie, it's hard to say it's a great movie, but it's clearly the best of these. I would give it like a solid three hip gyrations and nice. plus maybe like one hound dog. What? Just one hound just dog. Just a little additional that. hound dog. I like that. I like that. He's just barking uh, all the time. <laughs> That's what he does. Yep. I uh, felt a little more strongly. I'm going to give it six out of five gyrations. Whoa. Six out all, of five. All the gyrations. All of them. One, one, five gyrations and one for good measure. Oh, man. If we ever do a year in the early 60s, I think we got to watch some of those Elvis movies. And you can see, like, some of them were actually good, mo- like, good movies that everyone would recognize as being, yeah, this is pretty good. All right. I'm into that. Let's walk real quick through the box office for these three movies. Now, Elvis movies at one point were big events. Like, these were big hits. And uh, after a point, by 67, that's not really the case anymore. So the first one that actually comes out again, I think, is Easy Come, Easy Go, which I've got as going wide in March. And it made $1.9 million, which today translates to about $36 million. So that's not bad. Mm-hmm. These you know, these are relatively cheap movies. Yeah. Um, but again, this is a far cry. Like his earlier movies, he has movies that tr- like now would translate to $190, $200 million movies. Like, oh, my God. Big hit movies. And thus, he was a big movie star for yeah. a period of time. Uh, Double Trouble comes out in May. And that does 1.6 million. So that's still pretty good. It's about 30 million today. Yeah. Now, th- again, these aren't even big hits in the course of that year, but they're making money considering what they're spending. Uh, I've got Easy Come, Easy Go was the 52nd highest grossing movie of 67 and Double Trouble 61st. But now Clambake comes out in December, which it seems like a weird movie for a December now when the way you think of yeah. release schedules now. That feels like a movie that should have come out in the summer. Um, yep. But it comes out wide December 4th, and it only does about $900,000. Wow, so really? That's like $17 million. That That's not a hit any year in existence. That I've got Ooh. it as 92nd in 67. So that's that's a far cry from where Elvis was. You know, and again, this pretty quickly leads to the end of his film career, but yeah. what he wanted. Like, I, he clearly doesn't want to be doing this. No. And he is like sleepwalking through a lot of these movies. Elvis wasn't a bad actor. Like you look at some of his early movies, like he's singing a lot, sure, but he could act a little bit. And I don't feel like you get a lot of that in these movies. Like he's okay. He's still a movie star. He still has a presence and he's still Elvis. But I I don't feel like these were parts that require a whole hell of a lot from Elvis. No, 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 no. I mean, he's just being Elvis and like delivering the lines. He's, it's not, he's not a bad actor, but it's, he's not, you know, bringing a lot of depth, I would say, to these characters. No, except maybe an easy come, easy go, because that boat's way underwater. <laughs> well done. Sorry. Well done. So I uh, <laughs> I said this before we started recording, and now here we are. You got to do an Elvis impression. Oh, God damn it. I thought you were going to do it. Well, we talked about trying to sing Blue Christmas, because it is something we just do around the house Christmas we time. Do. <laughs> but does anybody want that? No one wants no. to hear that. No, <clears throat> I I really I like genuinely don't feel I have the capacity to do an Elvis impression right now. You can do it. One line. Give us give the listeners one line. This is what they want. Oh, man. All, right, All right. Well, let's have it. What do you got? I, I think that wraps our Elvis episode. And of course, there's only one thing to say to our listeners, which is thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Perfect. Thank you. This has been It Happened One Year. Make sure you swipe left on our podcast. 
Is that how that works? I don't really know.